morning. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to uh, be out last week. As I said, uh, first service, you really didn't have a chance or opportunity to not let me be out because I was in the hospital last weekend. I had to have a little emergency surgery and had a little, another little complication in the middle of the week. But I'm alive this uh, Sunday morning, and I'm so thankful that I can be in the house with you uh, today. I'm still not feeling myself. If you've ever preached, uh, you know, um, it's funny. I was thinking about whenever we were, it's not funny at all, but I was thinking about whenever we were doing three services, Lord, don't let us ever get there again. But we, had, we were doing three services because of COVID and all this stuff. And I remember our vocalist was like, my abs are killing me by the third. And you, you don't realize how much you project from your core. And whenever you're preaching and projecting your voice uh, for multiple services, it's not that easy. And I had to have a little uh, stuff going on in my stomach. So I, I don't have that strength yet. That uh, I was afraid I didn't have it today. Um, so one of the first people I called was Pastor Wilmari. She's no um, she's a um, stranger. There we go. I've got surgery brain. I'm still I'm still in a fog today. Uh, uh, she's no stranger to this house. She's been. This will be her third Sunday here. I believe she's spoke more as a guest than any other guest that we've had. And uh, we met in the year 2000. We've known each other 22 years now. We met as freshmen at Lee University, and God has just continued to align our paths and ministry and everything. And I'm so thankful for her and her family today. Uh, it, it's hard to find somebody to, that you trust to preach, and it's really hard to find somebody that's willing to do it two services in a row. A lot of people are like, I'm not doing it two services because it's really hard to do it two services in a row just physically on your voice. But I'm so thankful that she is here today. And if you would, let's put our hands together this morning. I know she's got a powerful word as Pastor Wilmari comes today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Um, like Pastor Chase said, me and Sarah and him go way back. I was like 13 when I went to college. Um, anyways, and um, it's been amazing. Uh, 22 years of friendship, and I ditto and echo what they said. It's great to find friends that you can be real with. Uh, Pastor Chase and Sarah, they're uh, two of the most steadfast people in my life, and they're always speaking the truth with grace. Amen. You can honor your leadership. They're amazing. And I'm just grateful to be there. Me, uh, Andy, we love them. And then my daughter, Naya, is here. And Noah is downstairs. He wouldn't have it any other way. I feel like he would come to Legacy every Sunday if he could. He has worn out his Legacy shirt that he's gotten, and they love it here. So I love being able to call this place home. I'm so excited that I'm with you guys. Last time I was here was Freshwater Conference. And so happy Mother's Day, happy Father's Day, and happy Fourth of July. I hope that you guys have had a good time. If you're like me, it's the middle of summer, it's so hot, and you're tired, but today, I got a word that's going to punch the enemy in the face. Is that okay? I told, I told first service, I wasn't playing around. Sometimes, you know, it's a teaching kind of word, but today I just feel it like fire shut up in my bones. I've come to declare life today to you guys. I've come to declare and say, you can declare life, that you can use your voice to call dead things to life. And so if you would open your word and stand with me one more time, uh, I thought Pastor Chase was actually going to take it 
it when he got the mic. I was like, all right, he's fired up. He's excited. Let's do this. Um, and so uh, John 11 is where I'm going to take my passage today. And really the title is just life. I just want to talk about uh, dead things coming to life today. Is that okay if I do that? I love that the end of our worship was just about the name of Jesus. I'm telling you what, if I just stood up here and we just sung the name of Jesus over and over, I promise you that things would change. Atmosphere would change because the name of Jesus is so powerful. The name of Jesus can change an entire atmosphere. And so today, uh, the reason why that happens is because when we open up our mouth, come on somebody, when we open up our mouth and connect with what God has given us inside, it makes a difference. And Jesus did this when he was on earth. And so I want to talk about one of those situations. It's a very familiar passage if you've been in church, but I just want you to stick with me today. Is that okay? You're the second crowd, okay? And so you already didn't have your breakfast, even the legacy extra over here. So you better talk back and you better smile and you better laugh, all right? For those of you that don't know me, I don't play around, but I love to laugh. And I love it when the church is able to receive a word, take the word and use the word, because that's what the Lord wants us to do. Amen? So say, I will take the word. I will receive the word and I'll use the word. Amen. John 11 says, Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary and her sister Martha. Sorry, I literally just pulled out my earring out of my ear. So I don't know how I did that, but it did. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to reread that again, all right? Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother, Lazarus, who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed for two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Aren't there 12 hours in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Skip down to verse 17. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died yet. Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. 
ever. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying, in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Skip down to verse 32. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. Where have you put him? Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, he said. Jesus said, Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he's already decaying. It's been four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you have always you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Lord, we thank you for your word. May you add all your anointing into this, God. Today we pray that you would make us good ground where the good seed can come and be and germinate. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Everyone loves a good comeback story. Um, how many of you like a good comeback story? Yes, okay. If you are an Avenger fan here, there's nothing like the Infinity of, you know, Saga and all that stuff. And when, just like, you're like, how is this happening in this movie? And then all of a sudden, like all the circles start forming and all of the Avengers start coming out and you're like, dun, da da da. Like you wanna stand up because you know that the odds are changing, right? Like you know that something is about to happen and the SmackDown is about to happen, right? Or if you're a sports fan in here, there's always rooting for the underdog. I root for the underdog, unless it's my team. Actually, my team is the underdog. It's the Vols, you know? So, um, I root for the underdog, okay? I'm loyal and faithful, all right? Even yesterday, we were watching the finale, uh, the finale, the finals, the championship match of Wimbledon in England. I love tennis, and um, it's the first woman, Tanzanian woman, to ever get to the final, and she's older, and then she's up against this whippersnapper. You know, she's 17. She has the rest of her life. Maybe it's because I just turned 40, you know? But I was rooting for my girl from Tanzania, and she was losing. She was letting it go. She was getting frustrated. And yet I still was rooting for her. There is something inside of us that roots for someone who has the odds stacked against them. Anybody else but me in this house, right? Because we all love a good comeback story. And I feel like Lazarus is this kind of comeback story, but Jesus is taking it to teach us something. And today I feel like my assignment, like I already said, is to declare life and to remind the body of Christ, to remind you in this room, if you you've never heard the name of Jesus, if you don't know what we're talking about, that there is life beyond what you can see with your natural eye. 
There is life in dead situations. There's restoration in places you never thought possible. Well, Pastor Marty, how do you know that? Because I've seen it with my eyes. I have seen marriages restored that were irreplicably bombed away. I have seen healings happen because the life that Jesus wants us to live is not a complacent so-so life. It is a life of abundance of hope and joy and abundance of power and abundance of victory because we serve a God who is victorious. See, God is in the resurrection business, right? If we didn't believe in resurrection, we should just all go home because it's one of the tenets of our faith. We believe in a resurrected Jesus from the, come on somebody, y'all better say amen to that, right? Because we believe in resurrection. Resurrection is part of our life. Well, Pastor Meyer, I've never seen the dead rise. Just hold on, okay? Hold on because God is in the business of making dead things new. And making dead things alive. I know that there's living, walking miracles even in this church right here. That if I shared this mic right now, you could stand up and say, you have no idea where I was. You have no idea what I should be doing. You have no idea where my family comes from. But here I am standing fresh and anew today. And the story of, come on, yeah, you can clap because I know that. God takes dead things and puts them back together and brings them to life. So in the book of John chapter 11, we find Jesus in a predicament with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It said that he loved all of them and Mary and Martha knew who to go to. They knew exactly who to go to. And they said, Jesus, your bro is dying. We need your help. He's about to die. And Jesus said, amen. Don't you worry, girls. He's not going to die. You're fine. But in the word it says he loved them, but he didn't move. He stayed where he was for two days. And we have found ourselves in this situation. Anybody? You know, when you know that God has the answer and God is like, yes, I love you. And it's radio silence, right? You're like. Okay, you're waiting for that to move. But he said a word, right? He said, don't you worry because this sickness will not end in death. But it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified. When you're dealing with a situation of death, you got to remember his word. You got to remember the word that the Lord has spoken to you. We are eating so much good word. We can get it on podcasts. We can get it on the television. We can get it on live stream. We can go home today and literally sit in front of our television, our Apple TV, our computer, and watch people from all around the world give revelation after revelation of his word. We are living in a day and age where this Bible is replicated over and over. It's translated to so many languages, to so many versions. We have the word. And today I want to remind you that yes, prophetic word is great, but the word of God remains true forever and ever. It is our solid foundation. It is a rock that cannot be shaken. And in those moments when you have no idea what the timing of the Lord is and you don't know which way is up, this thing will show you because it is revelation life. It is water to dry place. Remember his word. 
The enemy wants you to not pick this up. Go, that's just for pastors. I don't even know what they're saying. That's a lie of the enemy. The word of God divides between the lies of the enemy and the spirit of truth and cuts through everything right to your soul to speak to you. That's why we could say Psalm 23 until we're blue in the face. I know it in Spanish because that's how I grew up in Spanish church. And Señor es me. I mean, I literally can just say it here. You can recite it with your eyes closed and backwards. And every time you say it, it could speak something new because the word of God is alive. It is active. It is meant for you to use. Remember his word. We have to remember the promise that God has given us when we're facing times that everything seems like it's going somewhere that we don't want it to go. Amen. We have to declare what he has said. And you know what? What I love about Jesus is that, so number one, remember his word. Look at your neighbor and say, remember his word. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to you version every day. I just want you to love the word. It says that the word will satisfy you. It says that the word will satisfy you. So many days we're looking for something, right? So many days, and I promise you, if you open up this word, I don't know why I'm stuck on this point, but you got to read the word to know the word. And it says that the word was God. And so when we know the word, we know our God. When we know what to say, we know what he would say. And so today, I just want to encourage you. When they said to Jesus, uh, when they said to Jesus, Lazarus is dead, he said, I love you. He's going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm going to stay here for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, we're going. We're going to go to where Lazarus was. And they said, hold on. Hold on. Don't you remember that just a couple days you were there and they almost killed you? And Jesus said, so? Who this? right? He really did. He looked at him and he goes, is there not 12 hours in a day? Don't you know that when you walk in the light, you will not stumble? Who am I, right? He looked at his disciples and goes, you've been with me this entire time. You think I'm scared? I ain't scared. God is not scared of your difficult place. Jesus is not scared to walk into a hard situation. Come on, Ezekiel, valley of dry bones. Come on, Jonah, in a whale. Come on, Noah, in an ark and a flood. God is not scared of a difficult situation. In fact, I love that God just steps into a difficult situation, does the impossible through a human person. He can use you and me in difficult situations. And in this day and age, we are being conditioned that difficult situations, we need to run away. But God is saying, you are the light. You have the answer. You have the solution. And Jesus said, I'm not going to back down because someone doesn't like me. I'm not going to back down because two days ago it was hard. In fact, that makes me want to go even more because the light of the world steps into darkness and darkness cannot stand. Come on, we sing these pretty songs, but we got to walk out these songs, right? Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. So when I step into my workplace in the name of Jesus, darkness cannot come against me. When I step into a dead situation in the name of Jesus, it cannot overcome me. Oh, well, Pastor Mario, that sounds real easy. You sound real spiritual up there. Let me tell you something. I know what darkness feels like. 
I know what it's like to be on the back porch going, Father, all I want to do is cry and go back into my bed because I don't know which way is up and I don't know what's happening. But one thing I do know is that you've never lied to me. And if you are here with me, I'm just going to raise my hands and praise you because you're not scared of this situation. Now, my body may feel it. My mind may see it. but My eyes may see it. But you see me. And through me, all things are possible because I have you inside of me. Amen. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is inside of me. Jesus is not scared of difficult situations. Jesus is not scared of the circumstance that you are facing. As a matter of fact, he's asking you to ask him into that situation. He's waiting for your permission to come into that situation. We were talking about death, you guys. We're talking about Lazarus dying, death. Even death has lost its sting with Jesus. So Jesus is not afraid. He is awakening and reminding his sons and daughters that you are the light. That your smile in a grocery store can make a difference. Pastor Mar, I'm not going to preach. You don't need to preach. Where God has put you is where he needs you. When you open a door for someone, he can use you. When you let the old lady sit down, he can use you. When you smile at someone, he can use you. God is not asking for complicated situations. He's just saying, will you be the light in whatever I have placed you? Because when we walk, we will not stumble. And I don't know about you, but that is a promise that I need to hear today. Because I tell Andy all the time, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to love Jesus. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to love his people. I don't have the answer to everything. But I do know that loving Jesus and loving people is what Jesus said. And so that's what I'm going to do. Come on, somebody. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to read it. I don't have a formula for you. But we need to love him. So number one, remember his word. Number two, don't be afraid of hard places. Number three, run to Jesus with faith. When Jesus came into the the scene, it says in the word, and when I read it, I was like, wow, I don't know why I've ever caught that before. But it says that Martha ran out to meet Jesus. And Mary stayed seated. Sometimes, We've got to realize that Jesus is coming to our situation and we need to run to him. We don't come into, like, you know, um, Noah, you know, I have a, Noah's nine. And so sometimes, like, I don't know how kids make the messes that they make, but it just happens, like, out of nowhere. Like, you're like, I, I literally was just in here. How does this happen? And it, it, it happens every time on the couch with the cushions, right? Like, And I'm like, well, why do you even put the cushions? No, I like the cushions. The cushions make me happy. And so he's going to learn to sit on the couch without throwing the cushions on the floor, right? I have found myself uh, picking up the cushions every time. Like, I know when Noah's been there because I have to pick up the cushions, right? And one day I was like, wait a minute. Why am I picking up the cushions? I didn't make the mess, right? And so I go, Noah. And he's like, yeah, mom. He's playing something. I'm like, Noah. And yeah, mom. Uh, Noah. What, mom? And some of your southern moms were like, woo, that gets all over me, okay? And I'm like, Noah, I'm calling you for a reason. Because, see, I'm here and you're there. 
And you're acknowledging my presence, but you're not coming into my presence. And there's something that I need you to see so that you can do something so that we can change what needs to be solved. And I feel like right now in this day and age, even me, I'm guilty of that. Well, Mari, yeah, God, I love you, Jesus. Well, Mari, I'm here. I'm standing in church. I'm good. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm calling you. He is calling you. He is drawing you. Listen, we are living in a day and age that we cannot sacrifice time in his presence for convenience of what I feel. We need to be able to run to him when we know he's in the building, when we know he shows up in our house, when we know he's drawing us. We might have to give up food. We might have to give up our lunch break. We might have to give up some of our conveniences. But I promise you this, when you step in front of him and go, God, you know, like Martha said, God, he died, but yet I know that at your word, whatever you ask for, it shall be done. It shall be done. And some of you are like, well, Pastor Mari, I have tried that. I'm telling you, try him over and over and over and over because his word will not fail. His word, even if he spoke it two years ago, I decree and agree that it will come to pass if you have faith in what he is saying. When Noah comes into the, when, when Noah comes into the room, sometimes I don't even have to say anything. You ever had that moment with your kids, right? Like you're like, <laughs> like, how does that happen? He's like, I'm sorry, mom. And he tries to put them all like how I usually do. But he immediately knows because there's a intimacy. There's a relationship when there is presence. Me and Sarah have known each other long enough that my eyes, when you know what I'm talking about. When you make eyes with someone, you're like, <laughs> you start laughing. Or you know that they mean business. God is like that with us. He wants to have that kind of relationship with us. And Jesus looked at Martha and said, right, because she had faith. She moved him with his faith. She said, don't you worry, your brother will rise again. And she thought he was talking about the end time. And, and he's like, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And today Jesus is saying to you, don't you worry about a thing. I am resurrection. And I am life to you today. If you believe, if you believe, and today, uh, Mary tried to move him with a fit. And, Mary, and Martha was moving him with faith. And Pastor Devin said so long ago, right? God is not moved by our fits. He is moved by our faith. Come on, parents, sometimes, right? I am not moved by your fit, uh, child. I want you to do what I said. I want you to do what I said. And it's going to come to pass in a good way. Or otherwise, it's going to be a long day. Amen? God is moved by our faith in him. We can come to him like Mary and say, well, you know what? He died. So I don't even know why you're showing up right now. Because if you would have shown up two days ago, my life would have been easier. But Martha said, you know what, God? He died. But yet, however, whatever you want to put in there, if you say it to God, he will give it to you. I want to raise up some warriors today that can stand in front of God today and say, God, this situation isn't what I thought it would be. This situation isn't going the way I thought it would go. I'm not feeling all the cute little good things. I don't understand why that happened. But even so, God, at your word, it can change. But even so, God.
do it in your name. We have to remember that God is moved by our faith, that we need to run to him, find him, and say, I will not leave you. I will listen to what you have said in my life. Martha didn't say she wasn't sad. Martha didn't say she wasn't grieving, but she chose to run to him instead of just sit down. We have to move. We have to be men and women of action. Martha even ran back and was like, Mary, he's asking for you. I don't want to be Mary. I don't want Jesus to be asking for me. I just want to show up to where Jesus is. Amen. And so we don't want to question his timing. We don't want to question what he does. I know that's human. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself right now, right? Well, Father, if you had just done this and this. How many of you, though, have listened to the Lord, obeyed him, and then you go, oh, I see what you did there. Thank you, God, for saving me from that situation. Amen. Even if it was like a downpour, right? Like all day you're frustrated because you're 10 minutes behind. And then all of a sudden you found out that the road that you were supposed to be on at this time, there was a huge accident. God knows what he's doing. God is sovereign in all things. And even so, even in the middle of tragedy, even in the middle of the greatest mess that, that we can create, God is faithful. God will say, don't you worry. If you believe, if you believe, you will live. You will live. How many of you love life? Come on, somebody. Yes, we love life because that's what we were created to do. So we got to run to Jesus with faith. We got to remove all the barriers. When they said, do you want to see where he's at? They were so proud. They were like, here we go. Don't you worry. We took care of this. And it says that when Jesus saw the tomb and they, he saw their unbelief and he was faced with all of these things, that he wept. He didn't weep because he died. He wept because of their unbelief. He wept because of the situation. He wanted them to see there is more. And there is more. And today this little Latina is looking at you and going, there is more. There is more to this life. There is more to your ministry. There is more to your business. Don't you settle. And don't you become complacent. And don't you back down in fear. When Jesus faced death, he looked at Jairus and said, don't you worry. What they're saying, those reports are not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying do not fear. He said, don't be afraid. Only believe and she will live. When he looked at the mother of the, the son at the gate and he said, don't you cry because he will live. God is looking at us today and in this day and age and saying, do not fear. Do not back down. Do not cry because if you believe, there will be life life. And my word says that it's not only life, but it's more abundant life. It's a life beyond what we could think or imagine or dream of or think of. Guys, do you know what that means? That means he hears our thought life. So what we think, he can beat that. He can beat your dreams today. I don't know another father that's better than that. Amen. Amen. So we got to remove the barriers. As Jesus approached the tomb where they had laid Lazarus, he asked them to move the stone. He never asked them to do that. He said, just wait. 
He never asked them to put a stone there, and therefore he had them move it. There are things that we have put in our lives and situations that we think are beyond his help. We have put, we like to call it, well, I have walls, right? Don't, oh, no, I'm not, I don't get close to people because I have boundaries and walls. Now, there are healthy boundaries and there are healthy walls, but what God has spoken to we need to remove all the barriers. Like Pastor Chase was singing today. He said, we got to remove all those things that prevent us from coming to him in fullness and coming to him in reality because he is not afraid of a mess. He is not afraid. You know, they said he's, they, he's already stinking. He's already decayed, right? He said, remove the stone. And Martha was like, but God, right? Can you imagine when God, Jesus says something to you and you putting up? an excuse for him. Again, parenting 101. When I say to do something, don't tell me an excuse. Just do it, right? And sometimes we're like that with Jesus. Jesus says, okay, I want you to get your breakthrough today. Come down and worship him like never before. And you're like, not that, not that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That's, that's Pastor Chase's thing, you know? Or, <laughs> or like, don't worry, you're going to get your breakthrough. I need you to serve the children. Oh, I don't know about that either. Not sure. I'm going to miss service, you know? I like to be in that second service. I, I, I'm meddling now. I felt that come back at me. But sometimes what God has for you takes a step of you moving things out of the way, of us moving our excuses and saying, no, 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 I'd rather God get the glory than I get the glory, okay? And because we don't want to put walls in front of dead things, we want to put, we want to open them so that the life-giving power of resurrection can come in and breathe on it. So I'm asking you today, what do you have in the way? What is it? What hurt? What bitterness? I know it's there. I've been through it. I understand. But God is not scared of your mess. Hear me say this today. God wants to come up right in there in the middle of it and show you that he is a God that restores all things. In Isaiah, it says that he would go into the desert and make a river. He would go into the wilderness and make a way. What is impossible for my God? Nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So whatever someone has said, whatever label someone has put on you today in the name of Jesus, we remove it in the name of God. We remove it in the name of Jesus. There is no label. There is no past that can destroy what the work of the Lord wants to do in your life. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Remove all barriers. And finally, let God's word bring life. He stood there. He could have touched, he touched Jairus' daughter. He touched the little boy in the casket. But today, uh, for this instance, he used his words. His words are life-giving. And the same power that rested in Jesus when he did his earthly ministry rests inside of us. It's why we are people of language. It's why we are people of communication. If you don't believe it, let somebody get your order wrong, right? You're not just going to stare at it and be like. Right? The other day I ordered a medium say it came well done. I was like. 
No, I didn't. I said, sir, excuse me, this is well done. I would like medium, right? Uh, oh, no, I, I would never do that. I would just eat it and send it back. Okay, let someone mess with the child. All right. Oh, snap. I saw Sarah even move on that one. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah uh, she tried to keep that. that. My earrings would really come off for that, okay? Because we, <laughs> we are used... We are people of language. God created us to use our hands, some more than others, because we are a people that everything that we do, it says that God is in us and through us and in every breath that we take, God can be glorified. Come on, we sing about this. Creation sings his praises. Creation sings his praise. And so when we use our words to Tehillah praise, to Shabbat, to Taudau, we are connecting with the power of the almighty God. And when Jesus stood there, he said, Father, I know I don't have to say this out loud, but these jokers right here are not getting it. And so I'm going to actually use my words so that they can hear that you are listening to me. Because it wasn't just Mary and Martha and the mourners that came to cry along. It was everybody in that city who had tried to stone him a couple days before. See, what they didn't know is that it was a setup. They were trying to kill the one who was about to raise somebody from the dead and that God would get the glory and see Jesus was not scared of that situation Jesus was not scared and he is not scared of what you've said to him or what you've done to him or anything that has happened in your life I know a God that can step into a situation and with one word say life come forth and life will come forth Oh, come on. You're shouting like that God isn't doing something in your life. If he's brought life, can you just say hallelujah? Today, we need to move forward with God. We need to run to him and say, Father, what you want me to declare is what I am going to declare over this situation. Say this with me today. We speak life to broken places that seem to have long been forgotten. I want you to close your eyes for a second right there. I want you to think about a place that you have forgotten about. I want you to think about a gifting that you have boxed up and left it alone. I want you to think about a situation that maybe you thought, you know what, God, that's done and over with. Now I want you to say that again. Today I speak life. Oh, come on, somebody. Today, I speak life over this situation. You can open your eyes. We speak life to places that need restoration. I speak life over every place that you've been waiting on Jesus to move because we can declare resurrection power because Christ died and rose again because the resurrection power that resided inside of Jesus resides in every single one of us so I don't know why we stand here back down limbristic going I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do in the name of Jesus you're gonna stand and use your voice and declare life into broken areas you're gonna declare life into a valley of dry bones God looked at Ezekiel and said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? 
And Ezekiel had a choice, right? And he said, Father, only you know. And he said, so prophesy to them. If Jesus today said, listen, prophesy to this situation, what are you going to do in return? I hope you're going to prophesy. I didn't say, well, Mari, I said God, right? Because we want life to happen. And those bones, it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't a dead body, right? It wasn't Lazarus. I'm not trying to be morbid. There was an actual body, right? In the valley of dry bones, it was literally bones. So there was a lot of faith there, right? Because it was bones and sinew and muscles and skin and breath that had to come to life. It wasn't just breath that needed to come into Lazarus. So what I'm telling you with this is that God is not scared of any level of death. God is not scared of any level of dryness or, you know, oh, I've stepped away from the Lord and I'm not as fervent as I used to be with the Lord. He's not scared. He's not going to back down. And as a matter of fact, he's not going to let you go. So if you walk out of here and go, that wasn't for me, he's going to talk to you at that restaurant that you're about to go to. And he's going to be like, life, life, here we go. There's life for you. God wants you. He wants you. So like Jesus, we need to declare life. We need to remember the word that he has spoken to you. If you would stand with me.